Hello, and welcome to another Wheelchair Wednesday with me, your host, Wheelchair Rick. As you can see today, we are not in the wheelhouse. Um, we are here in Michigan, where we are getting slammed with a big storm right now. And uh, before we get going, and before we roll the title, I wanted to show you guys a little bit of what I had to deal with before we got this going. Uh, so check this out. Alright, so... I just tried to get out there to the wheelhouse, and uh, we made it about right about the back to the mid That's of so that cool white that car that. stuck. That car right there. Yep. So I made it about right there. Yeah, they and can't hear us. Done. That's like super Couldn't cool. Make it no further. So we're gonna try something different today. All right. So that's what happened to me earlier. Um, so that's why we're inside today, next to a nice fake fire. Uh, going on the big TV here. So, without further ado, we're going to hit the intro, and then we're going to introduce our special guest. So, today's special guest um, is our friend Erica Bogan. I don't have any of the cool things, so I'll just do this for you. <laughs> It Welcome. is awesome to be here with you. I'm excited to, to chat, chat it up. Nice, yeah. Um, I ran across you in a couple groups. I mean, that's how I find a lot of you guys that I talk to. Is like I'll just go through groups and I'll you know find posts and different things. Um, yeah. And then I'll just send you a message. I think like I did. I think I messaged something on your uh, post that you made, and then we talked after that. Yeah, yeah. Um. So before we get into these questions. Uh, we had talked a little bit about, you had mentioned that you have climbed a mountain in a wheelchair. That's right. That's right. Why don't you go ahead and tell us about that? First of all, before you do that, though, what's your, your injury level and stuff? So I am um, T10, or I'm sorry, T11, T12 incomplete. Um, so I'm a, I'm a para. Um, the incomplete, I can't bear weight. I can't walk at all. Um but I can move my legs and I do have some limited sensation in my legs, which um, isn't always a good thing because of the nerve pain. <laughs> right. Um, but, but I did. I, um, in September of last year, I uh, traveled to Tanzania and climbed um, the tallest freestanding mountain in the world, um, which is Mount Kilimanjaro. It is um, also called the rooftop of Africa. And a lot of people ask me, like, well, what does a freestanding mountain like what does that mean it, it just basically means it's a volcano it's not a part of a mountain range um so it's a freestanding mountain nice and um, i did not know that we were yeah. That share well, and I, honestly, yeah i didn't know it either until i uh, yeah just had this really weird whim to be like let's climb mount kilimanjaro and that's just kind of how it came to be and i started learning about the mountain um, but the biggest thing that kind of drew me to it is it's always been one of my dreams to go to Africa. Um, never did I think that I would go to Africa and then climb its tallest mountain. Right. Um, but I did with the help of uh, amazing friends. And um, I had a team of people that helped me as well as um, a lot of the Tanzanian um, mountain guides and porters. Yeah, I did. All, I did see you had a video of uh, like certain passes, like you couldn't like make it through certain parts. So like, yep. the dude's literally got him. You're you, I think, on on his shoulders or something, and he's just like, yeah, yeah, he's back. just like carrying yeah. you, just like just straight like, yep. oh, we're we're gonna bring her to the next spot, get her down, and yep. then she'll be good to go again. 
Um, yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. The, the thing about that though was, um, so like on, on summit day, so the, the peak, the highest part of the mountain that you can climb to is, uh, the, it's called Uru peak, mm-hmm. which just basically means freedom in Swahili. And, um, it's 19,000, I believe 637 feet. So wow. you're just about, yeah, you're just about, um, I think it's 600 feet below the death zone. So the hardest part about being carried the way that I was carried was when you're at really high altitude, everything is heavier, including yourself. Oh, of course. And there's a lot less oxygen to breathe. And so you get altitude sickness. I was very, very lucky that I didn't get altitude sickness, um, but it was really hard to breathe. And um, I was in a lot of pain actually being carried. And it was um, summit day alone. I was carried on their backs for 12 hours. Wow. So being in that position and uh, my shoulders are already really bad because I'm also a CrossFit athlete and I do um, Spartan and Tough Mudder races. Mm-hmm. And um, I have multiple tears in like both shoulders and my shoulder cuffs. So they already weren't very good. And you had, you had, I think, about five days of pushing a wheelchair along with my team, helping pull and push as well. Right. And um my shoulders were done. So being in the position of like a piggyback and having to have my arms up and like around them, it was awful. Um, they said that I, I blacked out like five times just oh from the pain. On, yeah. I'd black out and, and uh, the Americans that were with me, my basically they're like my family, my brothers that, that traveled with me and helped me climb the mountain. Um, they would tell the porters like, no, 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 it's not. She's not sick. Like you just have to keep going. She's just in a lot of pain. Right. And so I'd come to, and I, I first thing I say to him is like, just keep going. Like we have to get to the top. <laughs> you know, we've come this far. We've we've got to make it. You're a braver one than I. I got to tell you that I wouldn't be able to. There's no <laughs> way, especially no. That's I mean, you said nineteen thousand feet, and even raising this thing up yeah. pretty high and going fast through a casino. Sometimes I get, you know, what I mean, like little height, height <laughs> dysphoria or whatever. But um, no, that's a great accomplishment. Yeah. Insert hand claps and do, 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 do. you know what i mean my buttons that i don't have today well so i i think that, i think it's important to say i didn't do it just to climb the mountain i actually did it with a purpose um i am not a mountain climber <laughs> i am an athlete and i do um anything that i do sports wise or athletically is always kind of outside of the box um but i did it really to get to get awareness um, and uh, people's attention around suicide in our community um, and the disabled community because I've lost entirely too many friends um, to suicide. And just really, I think that the biggest part of the problem is just the lack of understanding and resources, lack of understanding about our lives and the things that we face that sometimes get us to a place where we don't want to keep going. Oh, for sure. I think anybody, or I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, for, for a lot of us, it's fighting our own bodies. No, you know? for sure. Yeah. And I think uh, what I was going to say is, like, I think every one of us that's been in a, a situation like we have, you know, either whether it be a traumatic accident or um, even, you know, being born with uh, something is, it's it's yeah. a struggle. And, and, I mean, each one of us have probably been there and thought about yeah. it and contemplated it and, like, well, what if, you know? I mean, so I think it is a really big, uh, you know kind of thing to to shed some light on so people kind of gain awareness of it so good for yeah. you thanks for doing that yeah absolutely you gotta try to keep us wheelers alive right for sure <laughs> absolutely um 
so this next question, we talked about the first question, but the next question is, uh, would you go back and change it if you could? So before your accident, before you became, you know, paralyzed, would yeah. you go back and make the different decision knowing who you are now, or would you stay the path you're on? That's an easy question for me. I get asked that a lot. Um, so I've been in a chair for 21 years. I just had my, my 21 anniversary, which actually was my 50-50. So I'm, um, I've lived 50% of my life able-bodied and now half of my life disabled. And wow. um, wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't give this back. And, um, you know, a lot of times people can't fully wrap their brains around it. But for me personally, it's really because of the opportunities um, that I've had, um, the the way that I view life has changed and um, definitely is full of a lot more gratitude than I ever had before. Um, and the people that I've met, you know, that the opportunities, the places I've gone, the people that I met, I, I look back and I'm like, none of those things would have happened had this not happened to me. Right. And uh, I feel like it would be a God smack. <laughs> I'm not even really a religious person, but I am very spiritual and I, I'm like, you know, there's no way that I would change anything, right. um, even the hardest parts, because it put me directly on the path that I'm on right now. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because uh, I've talked to a lot of people, you know, and asked them that same question. And yeah. I would say about 80% or so has, have all said, no, they wouldn't go back and change a thing. I'm with them. I'm one of them. I'm like, I'm one of the people that I see the, uh, I see the, the value of being, kind of a guiding light for some who don't have none you know what I mean and I know that some people say well I'm not your inspiration or I'm not your you know what I mean but like it's like for me I'm like listen man maybe that person had a bad day like even if they're not crippled or not and they see you and they're like wow oh my yeah. gosh like he deals with that every day like maybe I can go through this or maybe aren't I that bad right exactly yeah. so yeah so, I know for me too it, it, it this life gave me purpose you know, right. I, I know now that I, I can look back over the last 21 years and the whole entire journey, everything that I've learned, I've shared with somebody who was earlier on in their journey. And so it's like it's been so fulfilling to be able to, you know, connect with other individuals like you who, again, people who are newly injured and who are just starting out. Like, I remember I don't know what I would have did without the people that showed up in my path when I first got injured that had already, you know, it's going to suck, mm -hmm. but you're going to embrace the suck and you're going to figure it out. And, and I think that it, it all like boils down to your mindset and what you choose. Like I choose to concentrate on the glass half full rather than the glass half empty. Because sure. if I concentrated on the glass half empty, I'd be miserable and, and suicidal probably. You oh, know? for sure. Um, Absolutely. Just concentrate on the glass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't add nothing yeah. else to that, but yeah, for real. I mean, I just feel, yeah, like I agree with you on that and it's just, uh, I have bad days. We all, yeah, everybody, like, just like everybody, right? Ours, and I might say like mine, mine might not be as bad as, as somebody that's right in front of me because they have more pain than me. You know what I mean? Like, and it's hard to gauge of somebody's pain level just because somebody's sitting in a chair and they're not like, oh, you know what I mean? It doesn't mean that inside they're not dealing with a lot of pain. And I never understood that before my accident. You know what I mean? I couldn't gauge uh, chronic pain and I'm just like, whatever, man, quit belly aching all the time. And then... Now you deal with it and you're like, wow, okay, I understand now. You know what I mean? So Absolutely, absolutely. I have chronic pain. 
today is a pain day for me. That's actually right. kind of one of my other questions was like your pain. Like how does your pain, you know, how, what kind of pain do you get and how do you deal with it? Yeah. Yeah. So I um, get pretty I'll bad uh, nerve. Too. Sorry. Say it again. I just had to turn on this. Other- um, I have um, chronic nerve pain and um, it's sometimes it, it feels like, so the parts of my legs that I can't feel at all, it feels like they're on fire. Mm-hmm. Or somebody stabbing me, like it's just a, it's a hard to describe horrible pain that there's really not a lot that you can do about it because it's neurological. Right. Um. So for me, the only way that I'm able to deal with it without taking a whole bunch of pharmaceutical medicines. So my experience with pharmaceutical medicines was really really bad because early on when I was paralyzed, um, they were giving me like opioid pain pills and all kinds of stuff that. One made me feel like a zombie all of the time, but two caused all kinds of other issues. Like I couldn't go to the bathroom and, you know, I never had any energy. I was depressed. There were all kinds of other things that happened for me. And so it was pretty important to like be able to find a way to manage my pain without taking all of those medications. So for me, cannabis is the number one thing that I use, Um, whether it's through a vape, whether it's flour edibles um thing with that about for me is that i live in an illegal state oh, so what, i'm really really passionate about it what's i'm in north carolina oh i did not know it was illegal there yeah yeah we're still not there yet it's been decriminalized but it's still not legal uh, medicinally or recreationally for me like i could care less about it recreationally it's more like hey i want to be able to have the freedom to go in, in into a store and choose the medicine that I want to take just like anybody else can when they go into Walgreens, you right. know? And um, if I choose to use a plant that was classified wrongly back in 1937, <laughs> I shouldn't feel like a criminal in doing that. Right. Um, especially when it is, um, for in, in my opinion, the safest alternative that you can use. The only side effects are hungry, happy, and sleepy. Right. You know? Yeah, I, I don't know of uh, anybody that's ever died off an overdose of marijuana. Nope. Nope. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a huge thing for me. But that is that is how I medicate. That is usually um, the only thing um, that can help with the nerve pain. And also, I have some pretty crazy spasticity in my legs um, that happens just from being, you know, paraplegic for 21 years. And that is, again, one of the only things that calms the spasm or sometimes completely takes it away Mm -hmm. so um yeah why not for sure yeah i don't know i i uh i keep you're in michigan and you guys are legal right yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm a everyday you know i'm an everyday smoker so it's like i I, you know i (laughs) for me it's like i don't really i don't think it really helps me with the pain as more as it does mentally you know what i mean like it does more for me Mm -hmm. mentally than it does physical pain um, I mean, I, I, it helps me mentally too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Um, just to give a second to our viewer beginning of this video, you'll see why, um, Bob, he said, man, awesome guest, motivated, uh, Wade Roy marijuana is one of the only things you guys can read all that. You guys are, man, we, we're lit today. You're popular. People like you. Um, Woo-hoo. I didn't hear the comment though. Cause you were breaking up a little bit, Rick. Um, you're good. It's I don't think anybody's looking for questions. They're just talking about okay. how like marijuana is one of the things that helps their nerve pain. Um, yeah. 
then said... It's different for everyone. Oh, so but... I actually have a friend here in North Carolina who's also a para, and she's the same injury level as me. And the, the, every different kind of, you know, CBD or just cannabis, hemp, whatever that she's tried actually made her nerve pain worse. So I always Ooh. tell people when they ask, like, it doesn't work for everybody, you know? Right. Uh, it goes back to our just our chemical makeup and our cannabinoid systems. I mean, we're all individuals. Right. But it is what we Ben uh, said, does the edibles work better than the flower or wax for you? Like, what works better? No. So what works better for me is actually flower or wax. Um, definitely. But in some instances, if I just need to take the edge off, or sometimes if it's just like I'm feeling like my mood is really low or... I'm anxious. I'll eat an edible, and that will help. Right, All right. Hello, Jody. Jody's one of our first-time washers, and she always sticks with us. And I have a button for her, but we don't have the button today, Jody. I'm so sorry. Didn't make oh, it out man. there. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next question that I have for you is, uh, I guess it's kind of a personal one, but dating question mark married? Like, how yeah, do you see so it? You know, like either before or after your accident, like comparably or. Okay. Yeah. So I am single. Um, I have, well, so I've been single for a long time. I don't know. For me, it wasn't a case of being disabled. It, it being harder for me to find people to date. Mm -hmm. It was more actually came back to me. So I was injured because of domestic violence. Oh, okay. And um, I went many years after I was injured where I had no problem finding relationships and people to be in relationships with. But because of my own unhealthiness and um, lack of addressing my own mental health and, I guess, healing from the things that I had been through in my life experiences, I had a series of attracting really toxic partners. And um, when I would have a healthy, a healthy relationship, I would self-sabotage it. So um, I have actually taken the last four years to just really work on myself. And uh, learn how to love me and kind of date myself. I know that sounds cheesy, but um, I'm, yeah, just working on myself to, to where when I do find somebody that I want to be with, that I'm able to have a, a healthy relationship and not be the problem, if that makes sense. Oh, no, it does. Um, 100%. I know what you're talking about. You got to take time to totally love yourself. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Totally we appreciate your honesty. Um, but it's also one of the reasons that I got into doing what I do for a living, which is I, I'm a mental health coach. I'm a life coach, but I'm trauma informed. And so, um, I pour a lot of energy into the people that I help and helping them, not just from like my certifications and the, the knowledge that I gained going back to school. Um, but more so I think from my own personal experiences and being able to give them different perspectives around healing. I think all of us have a level of healing that we all need to do. Um, whether it's around relationships or just the way we view ourselves. The way we talk to ourselves. Um, yeah, the way we respond to stress. For sure. So, yeah. yeah right I now, mean, you're hitting I, it all in the head. I agree with you 100% on all that stuff. <laughs> it's all I do this for a living, so it's what I'm used to I can about. tell, man. Jeez, I feel like I'm I'm sitting with you having some kind of, like, session or something. Life coaching session. <laughs> I know, right? Jeez, how much do yeah. I owe you? I'll send you the bill in the mail. Um, yeah. So, taking some time on yourself, that's good. Like I said, I agree with that. I think that that's very important because people that try to rush into things, and trust me, I have friends that um are just like 
man, they get out of one and they got to be right back into it. And they don't realize, like, it's not going to change anything. Like, maybe you should see what the problem is and then try to fix that and then go back into it. You know what I mean? So I totally understand. I can tell you, you from what I do. Yeah, I can tell, tell you, like, just from what I do for a living and from working with a lot of people now, um, having a lot of clients under my belt, that it, it usually always comes back to self. You're usually the problem. And, you know, all of us, whether we've survived a trauma or we're disabled or not, we've all had different life experiences that have shaped us to respond to life in the way that we do. But more often than not, the way that we're responding isn't always a healthy way for us. And um, people don't realize that we can change our response just by learning how to heal whatever it is that we've experienced, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, Ben's got a, a question, and I know this guy personally. Um, he's got real bad back issues, and lately it's been really messing him up. And so he's like, eventually he's probably going to end up in a wheelchair. And he says, what advice would you give someone who's more than likely going to end up in a wheelchair in a couple of years? Wow, that's a really good question. Um, to concentrate on the glass half full rather than the glass half empty. You know, um, I think it's only people that walk that think that a wheelchair is a bad thing. If you shift your perspective and look at it, the wheelchair is just a, it's just a way to move from point A to point B. Right. Um, you know, a lot of times people are really surprised when I say I wouldn't give my wheelchair up for the world, but I wouldn't. Because it is my wings. It's what helps me. And it, it's all about my mindset around it. And I chose to not look at it as a negative thing. I chose to look at it as what empowers me and helps me accomplish the things that I want to accomplish. You know, right. whether that's something just as simple as wanting to go and cook dinner for my family or take a shower or get in the car. It helps me do those things. So changing it and, and looking at it from a place of gratitude and that we're in. This is coming from somebody who has spent some time in Africa and is getting ready to move back over there. Um, being being grateful that we have tools like wheelchairs here and um, that we're not stuck having to crawl around. Right. You know, um, sounds really today, but that would be my advice and- is is to change your mindset around it and look at it as looking at concentrating on the things to be grateful for. Right. Yeah. I like that. What do you think, Rick? Um, I mean, really, it's just like when you know that you're going into a situation like that, it's a whole different, a whole lot different story than when you just wake, you know, something happens and then all of a sudden you're like that. So it's like, I think you do have time to mentally prepare. You do have time to kind of mentally prepare yourself and just know that, Hey, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world. Uh, but we're gonna have to do a little bit of things differently, period. And that's it. You know what I mean? I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. Glass half full. You know what I mean? But, um, one thing about Africa I was going to ask you is, is, is it accessible? Is it very accessible? <laughs> no, it's not accessible really at all, <laughs> which is part of why I'm going over there. So when I was there to climb the mountain, um, I made some, I started um, networking, kind of made some relationships, built mm-hmm. some relationships um, within the tourism industry because that is um, the second biggest, second biggest industry in Tanzania. And um, I started thinking forward of like, what a beautiful country it is and how empowering it would be for other people in chairs to be able to go over there and not necessarily to climb the mountain because that's not for everybody. Right. Uh, but there's safaris, there's water, 
there's hot springs there's like all of these things to do and see over there and um the people are definitely one of the most um accommodating and welcoming cultures i've ever been in and um, so i started talking to the lady actually um who owns the resorts and the tour companies in and around mount kilimanjaro nice. region and found out that there there isn't a lot of people like me that go over there because of the accessibility. And so I started talking to her and telling her that I would love to help her learn about accessibility and why it's important and um, kind of help open up some more accessible tourism in Tanzania. Um, because I think it would be very, very beneficial for anybody, not just people with disabilities, but anybody to be able to go over there and have that experience of being in um, an African country. Right. Um, so that's why I'm going over there is actually to help teach accessibility and teach disability etiquette and kind of help change the culture over there around disability. Um, it's, it's a very, very sad situation for the people who are Tanzanian and are born or acquire their disabilities. Um, and a lot of it just boils down to the culture. Um, you know, Tanzania, along with a lot of the other African countries, are way behind the rest of the world. Like Tanzania specifically is about 60 years behind the rest of the world when it comes to um, knowledge and understanding about disability. And so um, people over there who have dis disabilities are very oppressed and are usually forced to beg because it's the only way to survive. Right. And so I feel like by helping opening up the accessible tourism and teaching them, working with the Ministry of Tourism, as well as the tour operators and the hotel owners over there to make things more inclusive and accessible and get more foreigners over there with disabilities, it will help change the culture ultimately for the Tanzanians. Right. Um, so that's yeah. the hope. And that's actually why I'm going, the main reason I'm going. Nice. I like it. That was that was a uh, that was a good answer. I uh, I, I mean, out of all the stuff you think in your head and the stuff, because I, I follow a couple YouTubers that do like backpacking and like traveling, um, and I've seen a couple videos of Tanzania. But it's like you look at those videos and you're like, how? Like I don't understand. That doesn't seem like a yeah, place out. You know, <laughs> with my Apex Composite Motions manual the way chair. That I'm actually getting over there is completely inaccessible and totally outside the box of scale right. so you know three months and so there's possibility that we might have like a week or two with no electricity because the power grid is too strained um so wow. i'm also doing it the other yeah the other half of doing it is also um i'm continually intentionally putting myself into situations that push me outside of my comfort zone so that i can continue to grow as a person and um just be more confident in who I am and what it is that I am able to accomplish. Like we all have personal power. And I know like for me personally, I've given away my personal power a lot of times just, just to life. And um, so me, this, this is also a, a growth thing for me and to be able to have a totally different life experience, which I'm pretty sure is going to be even more life changing than what I've already experienced. Right. So I'm um, looking to it. it sounds like an adventure yeah. that's for sure i'll say that it sounds like an adventure it will be. <laughs> yeah um I keep joking around i'm gonna be like living person <laughs> <laughs> right you're yeah. like it's gonna be I'm so much fun to. right um 
want to say hi to everybody watching. What's up, D? I see you. What's happening? Um, the next question I have is, what is something that you wish you could do now that you can't no more that you did before all the time? Mm, wow, that's a really good question because there's really not a lot that I can't do that I did before. Now, in saying that, when I do things that I did before, obviously it looks different because I'm in a wheelchair now. Right. Um, but I've kind of adapted my life. Um, you know what? I do know. And it doesn't really apply as much anymore as it did about five years ago because my kids are older now. But um, the first time that I took my kids to a trampoline park, I cried because I wanted so badly to be to able get up to there go and out jump on them. Yeah. And jump my kids and yeah so that would be that would be one thing um the other thing and i actually share this with a lot of people like when they ask me do i ever want to walk again and i'm like no not really i'm pretty good with being on wheels um but the one thing that i that my disability my spinal cord injury like took away from me that i i would give anything in the world to to feel again is i want to be able to feel wet grass or warm sand between my toes oh yeah like me yeah, yeah. see I now you just you just as soon as you that. said that i could like i could feel in my mind it kind of what i remember it feeling like you know what i mean i was never really a, yeah. a take your shoes off type person but i mean when you're like when you're outside and it's nice out on a summer day you know what i mean and you're just like flip-flops or something or if you're at the beach you know I'm if i hate shoes and now so being able to feel wet grass or, or warm sand was always like a really big thing that I was always really grateful for. Right. Uh, even more so when I couldn't feel it anymore. <laughs> right. What is your, uh, the next question I got is what is your hobbies? What do you do now? Like that you, you like to do, or do you, did you change it up like beforehand before you got injured to now? Or like, how's that? What's that like? Yeah. Um, my likes and desires absolutely changed 110%. You know, the things that I enjoy now, it's like my hobbies now is is anything that's like extreme sports. Um, you know, I, I do, like I, I mentioned earlier, I do Spartan and Tough Mudder races. Right. And um, I, yeah, that's that's where, it's one of the ways I fill my cup back up. Um, I love out in the mud and the woods and my wheelchair with my team and learning how to climb obstacles and, and complete these races. And we're going to put all um, your stuff in here too, the description. So, so people know that we're putting all of her stuff, all of her social medias or video stuffs all in one. We're going to put that on here after we're done doing all this. Perfect. Yep. Uh, yeah. So that's my hobby. Like I like to, to go do these crazy mud races all over the country. And, nice. um, you know, my, my hobbies kind of shifted. Like, the things that I enjoy and that I'm passionate about, which would be the things that I, I do as a hobby, it's all shifted to like, um, I do it absolutely for myself because I have a lot of fun and um, it pushes me past my the only the boundaries I set on myself. Um, but I also like do it because I know that there's other people out there, like especially able-bodied people that are watching and maybe they're having a hard time getting off the couch and they see me out there doing these things and I hope it empowers them to get off the couch. Right. For sure. So, yeah nice um the last question i got for you is i think one of the most important why i started doing this in the first place um is to help newly injured people 
you know, somebody that's been newly injured that's laying in the hospital that has access to YouTube or something that, like, the first thing I typed in was my level of injury because I wanted to see, you know what I mean, who else was out there living the same way I was. Broke up, so the only thing I heard was oh, the level of injury. I was going to say, what is the biggest piece of advice you could tell to somebody who is newly injured? The best piece of advice? Yeah. Like the one, the one, the one thing you would tell somebody newly injured to give them for like a good piece of advice. Um, I mean, we kind of covered this before with another guy, but this was before he was getting ready to come up. (laughs) Yeah, but it, it would really be about the same advice, you know, is just to have a mindset of, of taking life moment by moment and, um, just truly trying to be grateful and concentrate on the things that you have to be grateful for. Um, you know, life doesn't always look like we think it's going to look, um, but life is important and it can be anything we choose for it to be. So why not choose to, to be grateful and, um, yeah, to be happy with the things that we do have. Nice. That's my advice. I like it. Here's another part where I'd hit the clap buttons, but I don't have it, so I'll clap for you. Uh, we'll add my own sound clap, effects clap, clap. today. I know, right? <laughs> um, well, stick with me, Erica. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up. I'll hit the intro, and then I'll talk to you here in a little bit afterwards. For everybody else, thanks for joining us today. Um, like I said, all Erica's contact, or not contact info, but you know, all of her social media, Instagrams, videos, stuff like that, all that stuff, we're going to have a link okay. for it. Yeah, TikTok. We'll have a link for that in the description once we get this all done and I go back and edit it and do my stuff. Um, So be sure to check her out. Go give her a like, follow, share, all that stuff. And then um, we have on deck next Wednesday, we have a special person. I'm not going to say who it is, though, until after this weekend because he was one of our first ones that we tried to do and it it didn't work really well because I was just starting. So now I finally got stuff working right and we're going to see if we can get him in here next week. But... Thanks for watching, everybody. Erica, stay with me, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.